Well, welcome to uh, the Dave and Peg podcast, uh, Unveiled. Yeah. And we are on a series. What are we going to unveil? I think we're, we're unveiling... We're unveiling the world of psychedelics, right? Yeah, now. we're we're. Uh, this is a hot topic in 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 culture and uh, in research and and uh, in particularly mental health hey, fields. Can, yeah, I, I yeah. wasn't expecting to interrupt you this quickly, but I, I could do that quickly. Sure. Uh, the last week, um, Tim Ferriss did an episode oh on goodness. his podcast where he talked about his uh, his trauma as a child. I've mm-hmm. never heard him talk so personally. And, and the healing that psychedelics were part of his healing. Yeah. And notably, I think, his experience with ayahuasca and the meditation retreated of Jack Cornfield. Point being, I want folks listen to yes. that podcast. Yes. It might be the best I've maybe ever heard to give a, a full understanding of trauma, its effects on our lives. Uh, and notably in his podcast, it's sexual trauma. So that's not going to be everybody's story. But at one point, the woman he was doing the, the podcast with says, we're talking about an experience that's hitting anywhere between one third and one sixth of the entire human race. Yeah, I, yeah. I, She's I, like, one in three girls have experienced sexual uh, assault or sexual abuse before or the rape age, before the age of eighteen. Holy crap! You just think about the millions of people that were that 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 kind of study. That I mean, that kind of what numbers. Billion. Yeah, like I'm, billion. I'm doing the math in my head right now. Half the human race is female-ish. That's three and a half billion, and a third of them. Have had been sexually assaulted. We're talking over a billion human beings. Yeah. Now that might not be everyone's story, but enough that we have to be talking yeah. about this. Anyways, yeah. it's a brilliant podcast. I, 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 it's two and a half hours long. It's, yeah, it's, it's long. Tim Ferriss talking with a good friend. Her name is Debbie. She has. She's also uh, of, of has been has experienced sexual abuse growing up. And she has not done psychedelics. She talks about her journey using, you know, cognitive behavioral therapy for twenty to thirty years, right? To finally getting her, stable. yeah, two different paths, right? And I, I like that he honored both. He yeah. says, "Listen, I'm not saying psychedelics is for everyone, but I'm saying this holds absolute promise mm-hmm. of." And what he was so clear about was not to help you to heal you, to fully heal you from an event that has maybe been the most damaging event in your entire life. That doesn't have to be the marker for the rest of your life. Yeah, yeah, and, and I, it's not what our podcast. Is no, but, I, but you're right. Thank you for bringing just, it up. Like we said that we, it's we, a week old. It's going. It's going to be. People will be talking about it for viral. the next. Yeah, this will be the podcast that. So you'll, you'll hear it from us. David Pegg talked about this podcast by Tim Ferriss. Mark my words. I listen to hours of podcasts every day. This is probably the most intimate, vulnerable podcast I've ever heard in my life. I've listened to thousands of hours of podcasting, so please go listen to this. Yeah, it's episode four six four. Tim Ferriss, my healing journey after childhood abuse. So, anyways, yeah, you're talking about. Okay, yeah. we're, last week we framed, you know, Lori's story around uh, uh, the the Theracil, uh, anxiety, end very, of life, anxiety. very mental health kind yeah. of focused, which is good. And you and I got talking about <clears throat> it, it's it's very Western. Mm-hmm. In yeah. its construction, we're we're part of the Western mindset, so yeah. it fits my mindset. Yeah. Right? Therapies involved. Yeah. You got sessions. And, you're pay, paying and counselors. Re- university and, studies. Yes. Right. You got to do Canada's phase one, involved. phase two, phase three. When we once we decide efficacy and safety, then we move on to this. And and I love that. 
right? Yeah. That I feel very safe in that kind mm-hmm. of framework. It's my framework. Double blind studies, all of using that, right? Psilocybin and MDMA, and and you could almost like it's almost like we discover in psychedelics. It's so right. crazy, Peg. You yeah. could almost there's a hubris that's kind of part of the vernacular when you get into it. Like, look at us, look at we discovered. Yeah. It helps trauma. Oh, look, it helps this. And there's there's really a humility that must come in that we're talking about something that has been part of indigenous culture, mm. indigenous spirituality, yeah. indigenous healing, and we're all indigenous yeah. in our ancestors. Somewhere. So back, yeah. back, eventually we're indigenous, that psychedelics have been used uh, in that framework for millennia. Thousands millennia, of years. Right? At least, we, we have a record of at least 10,000 or more years. Some of the earliest cave drawings in southern France have, have uh, etchings of huge mushrooms of people yeah, using them right. as as religious and art the earliest artwork is of mushrooms just start googling this stuff you, we're not this isn't like some kind of weird sci-fi channel about the aliens it's like this is just <laughs> straight archaeology that these uh, psychedelic plants these these uh, mind altering substances that our planet naturally produces in all sorts of forms it's not just magic mushrooms there's LSD which is from the ergot plant which is also a fungi yeah. there's there's all sorts of MDMA yeah, is based on a, another plant yeah. that has psychedelic that they've uh, they brought from a tree right. DMT is a product in, a, in actually every living thing if, if uh, I we are talking about Tim Ferriss' yeah. podcast a movie that I would recommend to everyone, including families, is called Fantastic Fungi. Mm, and yes. It's available for download online. Uh, it's, it is one of the most inspiring, vis- uh, from a video point of view, oh, beautiful photograph, photography. Just outstanding. And it, Peg, I considered myself fairly knowledgeable in the mm-hmm. subject. I watched Fantastic Fungi, which is really more about mushrooms and fungi than it is about yeah it's, it's know, not psychedelic, yeah, psychedelic is like five percent right so like this the whole kingdom of fungi there's animals there's plants and then there's fungi there's three kingdoms i only i only grew up with two right animals and plants they're great yeah, we're yeah, part yeah, of the yeah, animal yeah, yeah. Then there's plenty questions there's another whole kingdom that's bigger than both combined and older it's way older. It's actually 800 million years older than the plants and the animals. Right. So can you think about that? Here's this organism that's been alive this and life working. Form, right, this right. life form yeah. that's been alive on this planet a billion years longer than our, even any of the DNA from plants or animals have right. been here. Right. That blows my mind. Right. What's, how, did you, how have you evolved and adapted for that many years? Right. Like, wow. And, and it, yeah, it survived all, yes. everything the planet in its... Its development has thrown out. Ice it. age, fine. We can live in ice. Right. How about thermal heat? That's four hundred degrees, you know, above. Fine, we can grow in that. Right. Like thermal, they found fungi growing at the bottom of the ocean in these these thermal vents where this lava comes out. We can grow there. What about radiation? Oh, we, we can we can we adapt and we can eat radiation as fuel. A fungi can do that. So this what? movie, fantastic fungi. I absolutely recommend. Okay, let's let yeah. me okay, focus. Time to focus. So yeah. we're we're interested in kind of not the Western model, which we're going to be talking lots about as we move along this year. Documentaries yeah. largely about that. But one of the interviews that you you had was with this woman named Francois Berzat, and wow. we'll we'll play at some point part of her interview. But I, I you know, I got to say, Peg, you've shown such an interesting level of kind of you you feel compelled to this mm, spiritual yeah. story around psychedelics and that's really what the, the indigenous story is all about yeah. is how these medicines have been used for a long time to be really the healing agents 
within within the indigenous society yeah, as far yeah, as I understand. Yeah, yeah. yeah Francois Brissette to me, um, you know, she has she has a book uh, called Consciousness Medicine. Consciousness Medicine. I, I would say um, out of all of the, I don't know how many books I've read on this in the last four years, it has had one of the more profound impacts because it's very practical. It's, it's, it's about uh, kind of learning to be a guide, learning to hold space for people that are going through these kinds of journeys. And it's really about drawing from her experience in the Mazatec tradition in Mexico that have been using these plants, documented historically at least for 600 years. Okay, now, when you say plants... Get, so we'll talk about these okay. plants. So yeah, fungi. So they, they, use, they use... So psilocybin mushrooms? Psilocybin mushrooms, yes. And, and what um, about... Philosophy uh, cadensis mushrooms, yeah. Um, mescaline uh, at all? No, that primarily the mushroom tradition okay, okay. In, is in is in the in kind of so these are the Aztecs. So our first, so I, I read her, encountered her, and I thought, ooh, right, of course, all these ethnobotanists, whether it's Dennis McKenna and and Paul Stamets and and uh, you know all these ethno Wade Davis, all these ethnobotanists that are finding medicines for for like planting plants for medicines. In the 60s and 70s, they're journeying into the Amazon, finding like, oh, we found that this has this thing. We can, we got a lab here, and we can find and 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 find the molecule that's going to help people with this X, Y, and Z. Maybe right. all of our plants, or yeah. you know, uh, these plants have potential. So this this tradition that Francois Brissette represents and has trained in has been using these mushrooms for in healing ceremonies. For uh, at least, again, documented at least 600, they, they say it's been thousands, but our first record, and again, it's hard with these history, but our first record is from a Spanish, uh, one of the Spanish um, uh, captains that came in explorers, and yeah. explorers landed in kind of Brazil area. I want to say Vasco de Gama. Yeah, who, who knows, <laughs> I'm drawing right? from grade eight history here. I remember that name. And they land and they come to this Aztec, you know, they find these big civilizations and thriving communities and they're, you know, realizing all this stuff is in gold, whatever. And they began to write, it's like 1513, and he, they, they begin to write about this ceremony. And they said, they're using this interesting plant. It's a type of mushroom. They grind it up. They drink it. They have these kind of, they have these uh, uh, shamans that help people in this experience and you know and so they're writing this down in 1513 right. we're coming across this and this is what we're noticing about this tribe of people that are using these medicines so you're saying that's that's the first time it shows up in some sort of historical documentation in, in western literature western right? literature, yeah, yeah. yeah western literature. so uh I, I, let me bridge things a little yeah. bit sorry i kind of forgot to do this at the start but uh so johns hopkins university has has really been i think recognized as maybe the school that's done the most expansive research on on the psilocybin mushrooms. Yeah. I mean, other schools, Imperial College, UCLA, have done it as well. But I, I mean, I, I, I'm most aware of Johns Hopkins. Mm -hmm. One of the top guys there is a guy named Bill Richards. And w at some point, we'll do uh, talk about your interview with Bill Richards. But he's he talks about a very interesting phenomena that they they interview people afterwards about the kinds of experiences they had while they were under the influence of their psilocybin trip. Yeah, experience. so a six-hour journey. Yeah, for them, for these and people. Yeah. and they they were able to determine. That when a person had what we what might be defined as a mystical yeah let's talk about that because they use they quantify that with science which is really weird concept. okay well I need like a yeah. mystical spiritual experience yes. so these are these are people that afterwards they'd say this I had this kind of experience and they're able to like are you saying they're able to like code yeah, it yeah there's a metric there's a it's a forty a forty question you can download it it's a forty question questionnaire from zero to five rate the rate your experience under these forty questions right. And 
Um, and so the researchers began to try to like, what what's going on? And the people are quant- kind of writing out their experiences in like, you know, six or seven pages after. And they're going, hmm, what's the, what are the themes that are emerging with all of this right, research, right. right? So, you know, it's not just the people who've done this experience from the 60s and 70s that, you know, that were not in a, in a controlled environment. What about all these controlled environments? People that come from whatever religious tradition. I'm atheist. I'm Jewish. I'm Christian. I'm Hindu. I'm Buddhist. Is there anything? I'm male. I'm female. I'm from here. I'm from there. I'm old. I'm young. Yeah. Right. What happens? Is there any kind of unifying thing that happens? And they were looking for the the thread that unites all of these different cultural backgrounds and all these different people. Is there an experience that they all would say, I had that, and someone lights up in a group and says, I had that too. Oh, I saw that too. Well, in his That's book, an interesting he, concept. He wrote, a, he wrote a book called Sacred Knowledge. You, you yeah. put me onto it. I really like it. Yeah. And he, did, he actually, I think... Uh, is able to identify six categories mm-hmm. of experience. Okay, yeah, that's yeah, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. Yeah, and yeah. we'll talk about that someday. Yeah. It's really interesting. But when you have this specific one kind of those six experiences, if I understand it, Peg, that's correlated to with with folks with anxiety and death, uh, with the with the sort of um, experiences we talked about last yeah. week with Laurie Brooks. So the person is facing a life threatening disease, and they have this psilocybin journey. When they have this profound mystical experience they achieve they become symptom free 100% of the time yeah i mean think about what i just said yeah when when during the so the the numbers are pretty good it's like 80 to 85% yeah. of people that go through this experience drop their anxiety right, depression they're, they're fully now forever they're gone. now symptom free yeah. but when they have this this mystical spiritual experience during their experience they're symptom free Every single time, right? There's then, and that is like what? That's the holy grail for research. I think so. They're like what? 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 There's what? a variable here that yes. we've identified is kind of the it's the magic bullet. It's the it's the red pill from the matrix. It's yeah. the it's the it's that one piece. And when you heard that, I remember this. Yeah. When you heard this, you went what? What? Now I'm interested. Yes. Yes. So as I got interested in that, I'm like, first of all, what is this metric you're using? What, you know, some scales, a mystical experience right, scale. Right, right. What kind of questions are you asking? Um, and then I, you know, in my conversation with Bill Richards and Francois and others, I've asked about this thing. I said, what, what is this? I mean, you can't just put this out there and say, hey, 100% of the time when people hit this state, we can actually quantify it and we can actually receive it. They get positive it. outcomes on there. And it's 100% of the time their life shifts in such a dramatic way. So what is that? No, that's how, how does that happen? Yeah, yeah, what, yeah, yeah. What are the, how do we get people to have that experience? And what is it? And people describe it and, and, and we can get into some of the, the, you know, what is that mystical or, or that spiritual experience. But at the end of the day, doesn't matter what tradition these people are from. doesn't matter what spirituality they're from, whether they even believe in God. It has no, it, that doesn't matter at all in in the outcome of this what happens is a, a a powerful sense that there's a transcendent reality to the nature of the universe that the world that you live in inside your head is not all there is that the thoughts and feelings and the things that come up inside of you is just part of your lived experience that there is another reality that your consciousness can be aware of that is outside of just what you see here in the physical realm mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that that's crazy. You know, Roland Griffiths, who's I, I think is one of the most respected scientists in the world. He was he was the National Science Advisor 
under Ford, maybe he was he like he's he's one of the most respected scientists in the world. Roland Griffiths. Mm-hmm. He's been involved in the studies at Johns, Johns Hopkins, Hopkins. Yeah. and he gives a TED talk. Absolutely encourage people to look up Roland Griffiths' TED talk, where he challenges the scientific community, saying, "We have by uh, by a priori decision have said that we can only study that which falls under the the framework of the Newtonian." Mm-hmm. A Newtonian physics, yeah, and spiritual experiences don't fit under that. Yeah. So we're saying they're not real, and he said he's saying we are now no longer scientists if we are being so biased as to ignore the experience. And I think in this TED talk he says the experience of ninety ninety five percent of every human being who has ever lived has a sense of something beyond themselves, yeah. has a sense of and has had experiences, yeah. real life experiences of paranormal, mystical, strange, anything in that Religious, bucket. Religious, whatever. And he said, and yeah. we as scientists, if we call that consciousness, if we as scientists said we can't study that because we, we don't know how to measure it, he says, shame on us. We are not scientists. Yeah. But for the first time, we now have, in psychedelics, we have a substance that can allow us to actually study this. Yes. And, and, and we act- can access the we, state. Right, and we can try to understand it. Yes. Right, which is the brilliance of the Western yeah. model. I'm not yeah. saying the Western yeah. model is wrong. So, yeah, you know, I, I think that that's a huge a shift going from this kind of Western model um, that says you give a pill, you get this outcome, and all of a sudden we have this substance, this, this, this plant um, that you can take. But when it's, and this is why Francois, and they're going back, at, back, back getting back to Francois Brissette, she is being brought into some of these studies now. So she's trained by shamans. Let's just be really straight. Oh, hold on. Okay. That's not completely accurate. What? She's partially trained by shamans. Yes. Okay. She's you're right. also so trained a, yeah. in a Western model. She this is why both. I like yeah, her. Yeah. She's the bridge, right? Which yeah. I think is important. So, yes, she's a, she's a, a woman, uh, I think, uh, from Europe. And, yeah, France. Yeah. yeah, classically trained in psychology, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. If I'm yeah, getting that right. Yeah, yeah. And then she went. From San Francisco, she was in San Francisco and was drawn to yeah. uh, to met a person. Years. She read, met a person. Yeah. She ended up in this in this uh, really apprenticeship yeah. in uh, in Mexico. In Mexico. Under, where, and, and so and so she she learned how they held space for people and what it meant to take people on a journey with this with this medicine. Isn't it amazing that that the these shaman. Mm-hmm. And I, I really just pay, I call it the shaman street. But these shaman have been doing this for a long, long time, mm-hmm. long enough so that they have their best practices mm-hmm. to use Western yeah. word. Yeah. They've got their protocols. They know exactly what they're doing. And she got, she, they only, they don't pass it down in manuals. Yeah. You know, and, and you know, uh, two-week training. Right. You go and you apprentice there for 20 years. Yeah, exactly. It's so, it's crazy. Like the commitment she had to 20 learn. 20 years of your life. Learn. You're going to live in villages yeah. in Mexico. Yeah. yeah. Taking people on these very, very uh, deep personal journeys. Yeah, I, like, but it's it's more than that. Is I and you and I are, are a little not different, but I'm not drawn to that. I'll just be real honest mm. with you. The the more ceremonial mm. uh, and the the larger, like we hear about ayahuasca ceremonies. Mm, there's yeah. there's a there's a community of faith in in Vancouver that. The, the taking of ayahuasca is part of their... Santo Daime Church. Sacrament, called. right? Yeah, and so the they're Santo allowed Daime, to do it. Brazilian, under, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. and I've been invited there a few times. Mm-hmm. Come join. And I'm like, I, 
I don't know what it is. I'm just yeah. not that interested in it. Um, and yet I stand back and I'm amazed mm. that, that they've got this figured out to a, to such a, a degree. I, now, I, I'm only going on hearsay at this point, Peg, but I, I thought I heard someone talk about this or I read somewhere that in, in, there's a, a, a tradition in Peru that if someone dies important to you, there's a set date that like a month later, two months later, where you have a particular kind of ayahuasca journey mm-hmm. with, with the medicine person, mm-hmm. the shaman, yeah. the witch doctor. You have a, uh, an experience of ayahuasca with the shaman, and during that experience, you meet your deceased mm. uh, relative or loved one. Yeah. That you, there's, you a, there's some closure. There's and, some closure. Like, yeah. I heard that, and I, I just like, Mm. That's amazing. Yeah. Right? It, like, it, every person who's ever lost someone important to them knows how meaningful that would mm. be. And it doesn't, mm. didn't sound like, you know, manipulative. It just sounded, yeah, this is just part of our culture. Yeah. And I, now, I don't know yeah. if I'm getting that exactly right. So I don't yeah, I, I, I mean, I just I think it's the idea of, of saying that we're learning so much about the mind. We're learning so much about the psyche in the last 20 years. Um, and, and I think some of these traditions... Have learned this things, these insights through trial and error. Through trial and error, experience. They they don't have fMRIs. They don't have neural pathway imaging like you know, like Imperial College. They don't have any of that. But what they do have is they've got a way of of how to use this medicine for people to have healing experiences, to be able to deal with deep trauma, and as a way to move them beyond their own kind of the minutia of their life, mm-hmm. to be for them to experience the beauty and wonder of what this universe is that they find themselves in. And in that sense, you know, Western culture it, we're children mm-hmm. compared to them yeah. I mean what, I want to be clear I, I feel a little self-conscious now that I kind of feel like I'm not interested in it. it my issue has to do with indigenous medicines are embedded in community in the context that they that right. You so live I, I, right I grew yeah. up with you yeah. I have a relationship with you and now the ceremony and and the medicines are are vetted in that context. I do have a, I don't know, an issue with like what are called voyeuristic psychedelics yeah. in the in that like oh, yeah. people kind of yeah. going to South Let's America go to Peru and do ayahuasca, and then how do I integrate that at home? Right. I mean, the, yeah. and that comes to like I a very close friend mm. where this exactly what happened. Fifteen years ago, mm. he went and he had a. He had a, a seven-day ayahuasca experience in Peru that was life-changing for mm-hmm. him, right? It And he came back, and he said, my PTSD was gone. Mm-hmm. He said, Dave, I had a peace that I had never experienced. He had a he had an experience in the middle of it where a raven revealed, in his, in his visions, yeah. revealed all the mysteries of the universe to him. It was just overwhelming and powerful. And six months later... It was as if it never happened. Mm. It all went back down to zero. And I, you know, I just like, okay, what's that about? Mm. Right? And I think it's because there's no relationship to the shaman. There's you don't no- land back into a <coughs> community of people that know you. and can, Because what we were finding about psychedelics, and this was, there's a great podcast with, that came out last week with Francois Brissette. And this, uh, and I talked about her. Her name's Ro- Dr. Rosalind something. What? Yeah, Watts. In, yeah, in England. Yeah. yeah, she's brilliant. Yeah, yeah, she's brilliant, and she's she's doing the psychedelic research at Imperial College. Yeah, she's the number with, one with Robin Cartwright Harris yeah. and all the FMI stuff yeah. and all that. You yeah. can Google that stuff. So she's on this podcast, 
talking with Francois Brissette and the, and the, the interviewer is more like I want to get you guys in an arena and talking about it very different you come from very different yeah, angles yeah, yeah, yeah. more shamanistic tradition now working at UCLA that's Brissette yeah. she's doing this on the UCLA studies yeah. and, and Rosalind is doing the Imperial College studies and they have this conversation and you know I've talked to you about it but it was so interesting to watch like Brissette comes with this beautiful self-assured like just you can just tell she has done this deep intimate work and she just has this calm presence and she's talking about you know what we can do this and that and she's asking Rosalind about the studies and Rosalind says you know one of the things we found was that we can give people these experiences but um, in the in the clinic we do this and then we kind of check on them six months later and we see how they're doing. And, and a lot of them are like, man, I had a great six months, but the depression's starting to come back. Right, right. And having a tough right, time. Right, right, right. And I'm just feeling it. And, and, and so Brzezette says back to her, okay, like, so how have you created a little community with these people so they could get to know each other and share their own stories and, and embed their lives so they're not just alone? Oh, it's so bl- I and, love that. And Rosalind's like, we don't have funding for that. That, you know how much funding... <laughs> By the way, what a great illustration yeah. of what we're talking yes. about. The limitations of the Western model, yes. which I love. Yes. And yet, the really, the much broader, wise yes. model of the indigenous uh, right. framework, right? Is is She just naturally goes, oh, oh, well, they have to be in community. Yes. Don't you see that? Like, that's the whole these point. These aren't of, guinea pigs. Right. These aren't, these aren't lab rats. Right. These are actually, see what happens. Oh, sorry, right. I didn't work. Right. These are actual, and I get it. I'm not, yeah. not being no. critical of Rosalind because she has to work on funding, right? But I, that, that's what a great illustration yeah, that, yeah. Peg, to show that. That's, and I guess that's where I, I wrestle a little bit with the, with the shamanist extreme because I'm not in, I don't live in those. You don't live in Peru. Right. And so maybe mm-hmm. one of the challenges to the Western model, exactly what Berzat's saying to Rosalind Watts, which is, You've got to create communities for people to land in. Yes. Right? They don't have to become best friends, but just like any spiritual community, any faith community, these are people that need to talk about their experience so they can collectively make sense of it and begin to integrate it. And I think that's the word that's said so much. How can I integrate this experience in my life so that it's with me for the rest of my life? Yes, yes, exactly. And I think, you know, so for me, reading in, in, you know, Consciousness Medicine um, by Brzat, that really began to, for me, push me into understanding these traditions have existed for thousands of years and every tradition, whether it's Siberia or the ancient Greeks, like all the, the Asinian, what Eusinian mysteries, they call it, the, the ancient Greeks um, would, would, would use this psychedelic substance in the midst of their a once a year ceremony at the top of, you know, in, in, in you, whatever it is, the top of at Athens there, there's the forum, you can go up to the top and whatever. And so, that's where their their elders would have these experiences where they have these these psychedelic experiences and they're not just to get visions these were inward looking like these were always about doing your inward journey like i always thought like when people say psychedelics it's like oh you're seeing crazy stuff and you're tripping and it's like what you're doing is you're actually exploring like an explorer would out in i'm exploring the amazon you're exploring territory on the inside oh absolutely right and so you're journeying down a river in a place that you, it's you, but you're exploring this journey on the inside. You're looking at your parts and the things that have formed you from your life. You're looking at all these things that have made, some of them may be massive, you know, like these, these events that have, but they're, they're all you. But you, as you, as you go down deeper and deeper, you know, there's this opportunity to confront these and, and integrate these things. Oh, I'm with yeah. you. And you know, just, I, I just have a thought while you're talking. I, I don't know if this is everyone's experience. I know it wasn't, but when I was in the church, 
the best moments for me were in worship, mm. right? And I know not everyone, you know, and maybe it's because I didn't grow up in the church, whatever. But, but for me, my my beautiful worship experiences weren't tied to, you know, whether I was living the good Christian life. They they were separate from that. It was like when I would have a profound spiritual experience during worship, and that's that's almost psychedelic, mm, right? Yeah. We were talking. Music. Fully left, right-brained, hypnotic. Yeah. Yeah. We're talking about altered state. Yeah, absolutely. What? Maybe not psychedelic per se, although you might get breathing in a certain way. Oh, hey, could... I, I, I talked to, I talked to guys who've been in community churches in this valley, and and who talked to me who are now experiencing psychedelics, and they're saying, oh, I went to this church, this church. When I was church, at the vineyard, this yeah, happened. this right. kind of okay. constantly. So we were way open to right. experience, and it was almost identical. Uh, it was kind of uncontained in in the sense yeah, of this it, inward journey. Yeah, I, I, I share we can we can absolutely see the the problems with some of that. And not everyone in my world loved their worship experiences. But I'm saying to you, what happened to me during those experiences mm. were some of my best Christian moments. And because in those moments, Peg, I felt actually individually known by God, mm. loved by God, by Jesus, mm. that He saw me. And he said, in those moments of worship, I was just going like, you know, my Jesus, I love you. Mm-hmm. I'm having this this absolutely unfettered moment of of adulation towards my my God. Mm-hmm. And what came back to me was this beautiful kind of uh, attachment level hug. Mm-hmm. I love you, Dave. Wow. You're my son, Dave. Mm-hmm. You're my child, Dave. And those are, you know, I could do with the, uh, the sermons I heard. Mm-hmm. Communion never did anything for me. Those sacraments, baptism, I never touched any of those sacraments mm-hmm. on an emotional level, but in worship I did. So I get it, mm-hmm. right? When people can have those experiences in a psychedelic journey, when, yeah. they, when they encounter something that we might call God or the, the divine yeah. or something beyond themselves, mm-hmm. whatever, and in that moment, it's my life feels like it has purpose that in a, the vastness of the I infinite feel universe i feel loved right i feel grounded i feel seen i right. feel known yes i feel that i have a name and and that this divine knows my name and is looking at me at the same time i can see the absolute infinity of the universe mm, the transcendent of, yeah and the it, imminent right in the right, same moment right in the yeah. same moment when that happens dude that's that's as good as any yeah. worship experience on steroids, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And it, so when you can have this mm. deeply spiritual experience, right? It it is it's transformative. But like we say, it's like you can't just leave people. Yeah, no, there. I, like, you know, okay, I, I had this I, uh, great experience, but where do I land it? What does it mean? What does that mean? And I I think that's where um, where the, where these people like for me, Francois Brissette, is encouraging these the creation of these communities. These, these these integrative communities, and so what what she's calling for is, hey, start societies, start start groups in your community. But as you do that, yes, advocate for you know the rights to use these plant medicines, and that's all great. But she says, allow these societies in your little towns, your little cities, wherever, allow these societies to create integration circles. Mm, that's interesting for people because yeah. almost like little churches. Where people can make sense of these experiences and they can land them. And they, and they have can, shared they have these shared they experiences, share them, right? Say, they could talk about yes. their shared experiences. Which, you know, when churches lose that, when churches lose that sense of mm-hmm. faith community that we're gonna we're joining together around something we've all experienced, yeah. right? They they no longer that's not a faith community. Yeah. And and how many, and I don't mean to be unnecessarily critical, but how many church communities 
are we aware of where people grew up in the church but have never had an experience, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, right? It's mm-hmm, just more of mm-hmm. like, yeah, I, you know, I grew up here and my parents went here and, yeah. and you know, I, I pray and I read the Bible and I, I go to church and I tithe and I... But you know, I don't feel anything. Right, it's not, it's not something yeah. that's transformative, vibrant, or, vibrant yeah, yeah. But, but when you do have that vibrant, you want to talk with other people yeah, about it. Yeah. It's, like, it's like natural. And you want, especially if other people have had that experience, you want to like, yeah. right, right, right. You have yeah, that like, yeah. that moment of like synergy of like, we're on the, we're, we shared that together. Yeah. And that, I think, now what you're talking about there, I think that's got Yeah, and I, and so I, I am into that community. Right. Yeah, and I I am too, and I think that's you know when I when I think about um, when I think about the history of, of of these medicines, and I think about these history of these plants and how they've been used. It's a it's a it's an area of knowledge I didn't know anything about prior to two three years ago, and now using you know looking studying archaeology and ethnobotany and all these kind of things and realizing oh the evidence is so I mean it's not it's not, it's a fact now we know that all societies have used these psychedelic plants as a way to change their consciousness right. so they can engage the realm of the spirit. And, and so, and I remember I was listening to this one guy and I, I, uh, and I, he's like the, one of the best names. His name's Rupert Sheldrake. Oh, I, just I do love, love that, that name. Sheldrake. I love it. Yeah, Rupert that's, Sheldrake. That's he's a movie a, name. That's great. Yeah, no, Rupert Sheldrake. And yeah, he's, yeah. of course, he's from, you know, England. Um, I say I was going to guess Ireland. So. Yeah, yeah. Rupert Sheldrake, and um, so he he's a, a really fascinating guy. You can Google him and put it, put. But he he's a, he's an Anglican, and um, he's done a lot of work with psychedelics, and uh, he does a lot of stuff on on faith and spirituality. And his son, his name is Merlin, which is great. He's got a son named Merlin. <laughs> and Merlin, Merlin Cosmo. Sheldrake. Cosmo, Cosmo, and Merlin are his two sons. Right? I love it. I love it. And, and his his one son. Uh, I got to pull this off. His run son just came out with a book called The Entangled Life. Uh, How fungi make our worlds, change our minds, and shape our futures. Merlin Sheldrake. Uh, and it's, uh, you know, it's, it's the, the forward are, is by people like, uh, you know, Paul Stamets and these other kind of things. And it's, it's, a, it's a beautiful book really about, about fungi. But his dad, Rupert Sheldrake. Yeah, okay, back to Yeah, Rupert, sorry, man. yeah. So Rupert has this, uh, has this idea and that he kind of, puts forward um, about psychedelics. And he said, hey, it's just a theory. I'm just looking at the history, both archaeological. Uh, I'm a religious person, so I'm an Anglican. I believe in Jesus and believe in Christ uh, as a, a person who is a divine being who has been enlightened. And he says, um, so his argument is this, and it's, it makes me smile that as I started researching, I thought, oh, that's an interesting concept. So let me let me okay, yeah, it. Okay, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So his, his theory is this. He says, um, as we look at in, in the time of Christ, there is a whole bunch of sects that are running around. S-E-C-T-S. Yeah, S-E-C-T-S. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Groups of people that are using a practice um, that you can, you can find, just Google this, fine, but they're using near-death experiences uh, at, at, through forcing people underwater until they almost lose consciousness and they bring them back. Okay. <laughs> and it's, they call it baptism. And so his, okay, yeah, let me, let me track with this. I love your face where you're like, what are you talking about? His theory is that John the Baptist would have known about some of these and that, he, that John the Baptist experienced an, an, a near-death experience where he came to the end underwater where his, and he says, and by the way, just, just this is all a theory. People believe yeah. that near-death experiences are parallel and tantamount to psychedelic experiences. It's exactly. So just, just so you know, yes. I, okay. It's coming to this ego death 
of realizing, oh my goodness, I'm going to die. My life is over. And you have this moment where, in essence, your life flashes before you. We, we've heard these kinds of things before. Definitely. And people make sense of their life and going, okay. And then they come back and they're like, oh, I'm back. Okay, I'm going to live differently now. Like, that was an amazing, I will never. Transformative. I, I, I saw death and I was resurrected again. And then that pattern of death and resurrection as seen in the practice of baptism. Baptism isn't just dunking someone underwater. What's magical about that? His argument is that for you can for about 400 years there was this practice really of giving people really an almost near-death experience to, to erase their ego from them. And in this moment of coming back, they realize my ego's done. I'm not scared of death anymore. It no longer has this anxiety producing fear and death has now been erased in my mind, in my life. And he argues that John the Baptist baptized Jesus and when Jesus came out of the water, he had this divine experience where the dove came down and a symbol of the Holy Spirit came being full of the divine presence. He opened up to the entire wisdom of the universe. Entire, and he had access into this in, in this psychedelic space then he goes out, or what does he do after that? He goes into the desert for 40 days without food. And again, it's another experience of the body going into this almost like death state where you're, 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 you're not using food and you're in this med meditative state, which we now study uh, people like uh, uh, ancient Hindus and Buddhist meditators that can go weeks without food. Their metabolism shows, slows down and they're having these massive visual experiences. Wow, you're blowing my mind. Yeah. He says, this is, what, this is what he believes happened to Jesus, that Jesus comes back from these 40 days and begins to start teaching. And he's drawing from this deep ancient wisdom. He had these psychedelic experiences, and now he begins okay, to okay, teach. Okay, okay, so let me just... Fast! Rupert Sheldrake! Okay, but let me ask you okay, this. Okay. So, is the idea then... Yes. Is the idea then, how about instead of drowning people it, almost, because yes. no doubt some people died. Lots that, of people died. Right? It's a very risky yes, sort of thing. Yes, very risky. Why don't we just give them psychedelics? That's right. So the baptism for Rupert Sheldrake is the new sacrament should be, you should have an experience where you're confronted with your own mortality in such a way that, that the idea of your own death or whatever that might mean is finally eradicated. That it's in the dying that we find life. And this is all the teachings of Christ, right? I mean, it's, in, it's the death and resurrection theme that is, that is the most powerful theme both for Christ and for Paul. I want to be real clear. What we're yeah. not saying is go have a near-death experience. No. But we are saying that's the best they could do. That's the best they could do. <clears throat> now, um, so anyways, all, why do I tell that huge story? Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. it's very fascinating. It story. is fascinating. And, and I, I think we're learning so much about the power of these altered states that I have you what no I yeah. think what you're saying maybe not yeah. but I, what I'm hearing Peg is you're saying okay Christians don't think that you're also not an indigenous mm -hmm. based that's right religion yeah. right we we might be able to go into some of the core sacraments of mm -hmm. our own yeah. religion like baptism and say we're kind of talking the same thing yeah in, but instead of using you know some sort of uh, plant-based medicine we're still inducing a, uh, a psychedelic state mm -hmm. that accomplishes all the same things. Yeah, it gives you. So let, let's just let's just posit that Sheldrake's idea might be true. One in a million chance. I don't know. What a, his research is pretty solid. It's really fascinating. It's worth talking about. Yeah. That's interesting. So, to me. so I'm saying, if where we started with this, which is like places like Imperial College and and uh, Johns Hopkins, that they're saying that when you can get people to this state, right. 
of this mystical spiritual experience, 100% of the time, their life changes. Right. Sheldrake is saying, what if you could do that with, with psychedelics or baptism? What if Christ had that 100% experience of a divine encounter that literally changed his life? Mm. And now he was speaking and he began to internalize that in ways that maybe five or six people on the planet have ever been able to do. He becomes a master, becomes a teacher of this way of living. And yes, you know, it's, that's I, I, a fascinating okay, my, my brain is, you, you don't drop bombs like that in my brain and don't think I'm not going to think about mm. it for a little bit. Because I'm just thinking, one of the, one of the, the, I think Bill Richards talks about, there's six normative yes, yes. kind of oh, things that, that? that people experience. And yes. one of them, Peg, is a sense of connection to everything. Yes, a right? divine, right? Yes, not, so yes, the, yes. What, what was What was the thing that we built Nexus on more than any other core idea? Inclusion. Yeah. Right? We said, we're, we're no longer saying that, that, we're saying everybody. There's no them and us. There's no them and us. We're all, the human race, we're the family of yes, God. Yes. We're all one big body of mm-hmm. human beings, okay? And one of the consistent pieces of a, a psychedelic experience is a sense of, oh my God, I'm this, I'm, I'm connected to every. not just every other human on this planet, I'm connected to all life forms on this mm-hmm. planet. Yeah. I mean, we're different. We've got yeah. distinction, but we're we're also connected. Yes. Right. Yes. And that and connection is what you know. There's this book. Um, what's the one that called the scream or something about the? Um, it's it's like not the scream, but it's about a um, it's about addiction. I think. Um, oh, chasing the scream. Chasing the scream. Ch- chasing the oh, the scream. guy that the guy that uh, yeah 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 the, the, he's done a TED talk. Yep, all on yep. addictions. Yep. That the, oppo- the opposite of, of addiction, addiction is, is connection. Yes. Yes. yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chasing the scream. So yep. in it, he argues that simply, like you can tell from the title, right? Um, that the opposite of the opposite of addiction is connection. Right. And so we know this from Gabor Mate's work. We've seen this. So what what we're, what our culture is Rat is, Park. Is, Rat Park is all yes, about that. I know. We can we can talk about that and an, an addiction, right? But. What, what these authors and what these thinkers are, 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 are basically giving us is to say are the malaise of our culture, the anxiety that we see, the depression, the, the trauma, the sexual abuse, all this stuff is at the core of it. It's about disconnection. Yes, I fully agree with that. And, and, and along, along, along comes, uh, you know, this research that is opening up this ancient, these ancient medicines that allow for connection. These are entheogens. They're empathogens. They they create bond and connection. They open up oxytocin. They create bonding between, like in the same kind of level of a, as a mother nursing a child, that the oxytocin in our brain that gets produced in those moments, that's what gets produced during these psychedelic experiences. They are a bonding, uh, a, a bonding medicine. We begin to get connected with ourselves, we be connected with our planet. We get connected with each other. I can't think of any other, you know, substance on our on our planet that is, that we need to study and understand more than these psychedelic plants that right. have the potential to heal our world. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I think maybe next time let's talk yeah. about the Bill Richards thing. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, Bill's an old guy, and you know, mm. he's he's. Uh, uh, he's done so much, and we we honor Bill so much. And you had the privilege of interviewing him. Mm-hmm. But this book, Sacred Knowledge, is really interesting because I'll tell you, for me, one of the most compelling pieces is is that people that have psychedelic experiences all kind of have a very unique experience, yeah. 
but kind of the same experience. Yeah, and that's oh, like there's a, I think I maybe referenced this last time. He, I, he he made reference to a study they just finished um, at at Johns Hopkins where yeah. they take thirty different religious leaders. Now these aren't just like I'm a practicer. These are imams, pastors, evangelical pastors, Catholic. Eastern Orthodox, Muslim rabbis, rabbis, right? And they found that took them about a year to get people that were willing, and they said, "We want you to come and participate in a study. What would it be like to take thirty religious leaders at the top of their game and give them a psychedelic experience using using psilocybin, a high dose psilocybin? What would their outcome? Will they see a sense of divine according to the pattern that their brain has right. formed? Right. I eat. Well, I'm going to see Jesus. The Jew is going to see, you know, uh, you know, Yahweh. Right. Yahweh, yeah. right? Exactly. The, you know, I'll see Muhammad, and yeah. I'm going to yeah. see this, yeah. and yeah. I'm going to yeah. see yeah. Shiva, and I'm yeah. going to see right. whatever. Right. These preconceived patterns that we've already put in our brain that obviously you'll default to them, but they were interested in how that would be formed. Right. How how will that come out? And then we're interested in the dialogue that will happen after that. So I, I got Bill talking about this, and he was all excited, like, you're not going to believe our findings. And I'm like, okay, tell me more. And he goes, we're publishing it. We, I got to give me, they, they promise I can't go public with what our findings are. Whoa. I said, Bill, you, you can't, can't just, do that. You, you can't, can't do that do this to me. me. I'm in a, you're telling me it's unbelievable. And he goes, just give me six weeks. And I'm like, what? So this should be coming out in November. Uh, of this year, their their findings on this stuff. I mean, he gave me he gave me a little. Okay, bit. can you without revealing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I take it it's good. It's, it's interesting. Yeah, it's very interesting. And he says, you know, it, it actually. No, no, was, you don't have to like violate your promise. No, no, no. I, he didn't. He didn't tell me. He just told me. He says this is what we are saying so far about the study. Okay, it blew our it blew us away that these these people who came from these traditions were able to have an experience that there was a unifying. Theme through all of them, and they all I changed. It. I knew it. They all shifted into I their openness this. toward everyone else's experience. I, of course it. Of course it did. And you're like, what? Okay, I'll tell you this. Yeah. I mean, that I get goosebumps hearing that. I love my Christian symbols. Mm-hmm. I do. I yeah. love. I love everything about my Christianity mm-hmm. because it's what I know. Right? It's how. It's how I can. That how the divine life can make sense. Yeah. Makes sense to me. Yeah. Right. But we have to go full stop mm-hmm. when we say, mine is the only way you can understand right, the divine. Right, mine course. is the only Well, we do it. Come on. Don't, yeah, you know, know obviously, do, yeah. that's where we get goofy as a, as a, as a faith. These symbols but, are the only symbols. But if you could say, well, what if we took folks who are, are almost by definition like the hardcore yes, people? Yes. They're the ones that are going to be yeah. the most territorial. Yes. They're going to say, like, I'm in, you're out. Yes. you got to do it my way. It would be these people. And they, 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 they didn't get liberals on this. Not like, no, we believe always are right. They actually were looking for people who said, I think that ours is a little bit better. And here's yeah, why. Yeah, yeah, they yeah, were yeah, looking yeah. for, can we shift that? Yeah. I can see why it would so take a year to find those pieces because oh, yeah. those very same people have to be open-minded enough to say, okay, anyways, we need to be done. Yeah, so anyways, we got lots more to talk about, but thank you so much for tuning in. I know that was abrupt, but we're just running out here. Thank you so much for tuning in again to Dave and Peg Podcast Unveiled. Uh, next time, we'll continue our journey in this topic, and uh, I absolutely love it. Cool this. conversation. So fun. Audio Jungle.